When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel toe boots? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I pose it, John? What are we apologizing for? What do we say? What do we do? (laughs) Oh, there it is. There it is. You brought it. There it is. Uh-uh. it knows. Uh-uh. Hey, breaking you know news. It? Breaking news. Judah hates the intro. Here's the least surprising comment of all time. <laughs> we both saw it. We both saw it. <laughs> there he is, folks. Hater of the year. Hates the intro. You know what? That's you how got- I know it's a good intro. That's how I know yeah. it's a good intro because oh, Judah guys, hates it. Judah you guys hates. suck. <laughs> you guys suck i hate you i'll see you tomorrow okay yeah uh, yeah that's it i'm tired of this shit. i'm, I'm out of these losers <laughs> see you tomorrow intro is lame intro sucks i would chose even worse but the celtics keep on john what do they keep doing keep on rolling keep truck are you trucking or rolling i'm rolling dude um that's what the Celtics are doing. They're rolling. Well, they got two in a row, so now they're officially rolling. <laughs> you can't roll after one, but you can start to roll after two. Yeah. So a I lot of um, just we, you know, when we're setting up and we're making sure <clears throat> we got things going. I'm sorry, I got a little oh, uh, horse. To, yeah, just a little horse. I'll be all right. Um, we're trying to get things going. Um, you know, we're just looking at the chat. I was kind of take the temperature of you know which way things are going here. Yeah. Sure. I you know. I would, um, yeah, we should try to run with the Pacers. That's what we did in the first half. It was great. That was the best half. Then they slowed it down and played ISO in the second half. But anyway. Apology cam is in store for John because, as I say, play defense, play hard. They didn't. They played none of it. But they they were great in the first half when they were just running up and down the court and just firing and playing fast. Anyway. You know what? I'll say this, John. Let me say this. Let me say this to you, John. Say it, say it, say it. Take a look at the second chance points tonight. And I know you saw it probably on the broadcast, but if you take a look at the second chance points, that tells me that the Celtics were too busy trying to get out on the break, not being physical, not playing hard enough on defense and allowing the Pacers to get all those second chance opportunities, offensive rebounds, whatever you want to call it. That's why this was a game because of all the extra opportunities the Pacers had. Uh, when they, they couldn't rebound. When they slowed things down. They couldn't rebound. 
when they slowed things down is when they got worse. But anyway, that's fine. Um, That's agree to disagree. Go on. I'm blurry. That's fine. Uh, You are blurry. I'll come back out of it. I always do. It's Nick's. It's Nick gave me this webcam. I'll tell you what. If Jelso's watching, I know he's on vacation, but this is he random, gave me a this, perpetually blurry webcam. Here we go. There's See? a Woody Allen movie called Deconstructing Harry, and in one of it, in, in one of the scenes, it's a bunch of vignettes. Robin Williams plays a character who's just out of focus. Like everywhere he goes, everyone just looks at him, and he's blurry. Um, hate, and they're like that. they're like puking in real life and stuff. <laughs> Robin Williams was the was the character in that one. Was the character, and they can't be around him because they're just like he's blurry, and it just makes everybody you know, <laughs> nauseated. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I was uh, perusing the chat. Another I game guess, they would have lost last year, according to Tespi. It, it's a split. It's a split. Uh, split kind of room right now in terms of good good game, bad game. People are angry about. Um, the second and third quarter defense, um, the way the offense kind of stalled there, getting killed on the boards, Chris Depp's Porzingis defense, a lot of things about Kata. Um, what are they know. saying about Porzingis defense? That they liked it? Yeah. Um, no, I thought, I thought he got, he I thought he got eaten yeah. up. No, he, he did, but I thought he got eaten it. up. I'll tell you what I did like about Porzingis because I will play. I'll play. I'll play silver lining here for a second. The dunk. The Porzingis yeah. dunk tonight was ah, that was like <clears throat> you know what I mean. That was one of those. Yeah, things but he was got. sloppy. He missed a lot. Yeah, he was kind of he was losing the ball. You know, uh, he wasn't able to. You know, is it, that the ankle or is that just? He said after the game in the uh, in the Abby interview that um, he's still not a hundred percent. But like the rebounding was gross. Whether it was him or uh, you know the second chance or, points right there, or Kata and the second chance points. Um, all around, uh, pretty bad. I mean, Porzingis hauled in 12 boards, 31 uh, to six on that number, just so you know. But the, uh, the offensive rebounds, 19, uh, 19 offensive rebounds for the Pacers who aren't even that good at it. Um, and they right. just killed them. A lot of those were long rebounds. I'm not putting that all on the bigs. A lot of those were nobody putting a body on anybody. Um, you know, you, you take shots from deep as the Pacers do, you're going to get some long rebounds, which means everybody's got to find a body. And you know, you know, and 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 they weren't doing that, so um, that got ugly. But for the most part, you loved everything you saw in the first half. It looked like two games ago they came out and they hit everything in the first half, playing fast, playing up tempo, playing Pacers basketball, running up and down, chucking, uh, and yeah. then just. But man, they they gave up a ton of points in the second, third quarter. There, seventy-seven points between those two. Um, but yeah, kind of Isn't a mixed that- bag, a mixed bag win. But you know what? They come back and they close for the most part, and then they kind of unclosed. So it's again one of those weird games, Jimmy. Is they they were able to come back from and 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 extend a lead to ten after they blew one lead, then they extend a lead to ten points and basically put the game away, and then it's a one possession game again. So they kind of yeah. were all over the place there. I agree. I think it got a little little um, what's it, helter skelter. Uh, in, in that second half, especially in the third quarter. Um, different than last night's game. Same result. They got the win, but this is like kind of like a polar opposite sort of feeling because they were up. I don't know exactly what the what the number was in the first half, but it was mid-double. It was close to 15, I think, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you look up in that third quarter and Pacers are on a run. It's, it's a completely different 
feeling to this game. And I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect the Pacers. I do think the Pacers are a top four team in the East. So I, I don't expect them to lose by 30. I expect them to make some sort of a comeback in the second half there. It's a game of runs. I mean, even last night against the um, Pelicans, both teams were going on these borderline, you know, crazy runs, you know, 10, one, 13, And, and so, um, this was not that tonight, but I thought the Celtics probably understood that the Pacers were going to go on their run. And I guess that's kind of what message was last night. It was like, he's going to say it tonight. Of course, of course they were, of course the Pacers were going to come back. Did you think that, they, that it was going to be easy and that the Celtics, that we were going to just win by 20 points and, and, uh, Indy wasn't going to make a run. So I wasn't completely surprised to see that happen. Um, I do think the way that they uh, the way that they gave up uh, that lead and the way that the Pacers came back into it was a little bit unique. You mentioned the the long shots, long rebounds aspect of it, and I think again that has to be. I, I imagine that's a point of emphasis going into this one. The Celtics have a full a full staff of of accomplished assistants, um, Amazula. And you know the type of game that the Pacers play. You know they run it up the court. They take shots. They take threes. You know you're going to have those long rebounds. That has to be some sort of point of emphasis so that that doesn't get out of control. Um, I thought there was a little bit of lack. Did you just say something to me? Are you doing something? Okay. I thought there was maybe a lack of emphasis on that end. Um, but I'm not I'm not upset with this, with this game, certainly. Um, I think, again – this is a game that I would have been shitting all over them if they ended up losing it. So I'm not going to shit all over them because they ended up pulling it off in that fourth quarter. I care about the fourth quarter. I care about the execution down the stretch. And I get on these guys when that goes to shit, like it did so many times last year. And like it has done a couple of times this year, there's been a couple losses this year where we haven't even had to deal with it. Bucks, Clippers to name a couple. But in the close games, I'm looking for how this team executes down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And so I'm not super upset with it tonight because when the Pacers made their comeback and brought it into a, you know, a close game, Celtics were able to, you know, do their thing, get back ahead by a few points. Um, I got obviously have to give, you know, Tatum credit tonight for the way he played efficient 12 of 19, 30 points, uh, four of nine from three. So he's probably needed a three point shooting night. Uh, a little bit like he did tonight. Um, Brown's still struggling a bit from out there, but um, didn't get to the line tonight, Tatum, but I still think just able to switch it up um, ways he, the way he was scoring tonight, you know, to get 30 points and only go to the line three times. um, That says a lot about how he was shooting out there. I can't hear you, John. I think you're muted. I muted myself um, there while you were talking, but no, I agree. Uh, You know, all, all in all pretty good. Um, from, from, from those guys, Derek white was big again. He really did. Right, yeah. unlock. He unlocked something with those, with those threes that he got in late. So we'll give him a little, um, you know, hats off there. And yeah, Porzingis looked a little bit rough. Um, uh, that's fine. Uh, good double, good, double good defense, for Porzingis, good defense when it counted, you had a couple of blocks late, uh, Tatum D white, uh, and, and that was solid. And, and somebody put it in the chat and I'll, and I'll, I'll absolutely, it's the best offense in the league. For a reason, they put up yeah. 120 points. You expect mm-hmm. them to put up 120. Truthfully, if the Celtics take care of their own and and uh, and uh, and just grab some boards, it right. probably isn't that close of a game. So, 
I think that that was an anomaly, not like a fatal flaw of this team. Uh, in fact, they'd been rebounding well as a team, particularly Tatum and Brown, um, and, and chipping in there. It's not like they have just one guy who cleans up everything. And as I said, Porzingis had 12. Kada, though, when he's in there, grabs only one board. And he's a weird, sloppy dude, right? You know, like, he's got one of those, like, you know, he's just got that thing, right? He's just that guy who's like, it's very Rob-like, right? You're like, it almost feels like he's like that guy who just grew a foot in a year and has no yeah. control over his arms and legs. And like, that's what he looks like sometimes. He's just flailing around, flopping around. I think it's reps, not, man. I really think he's he not can, able he to grab those rebounds. You know, a lot of times the ball's right there for him uh, and he's not locking it up or, you know, he's just a beat slow and he gets his hands on it and someone rips it. Um, so he was kind of all over the place, but then, I mean, that guy, man, sheer entertainment, the jump ball that he steals for himself, then he does a split, a literal goalie split um, <laughs> to, to earn a chance at another jump ball and basically wins that to himself again, goes in for a dunk and one, uh, has a couple of blocks, uh, overall just entertaining stuff from him. And again, you look at the end of the night, you know, 14 minutes, everyone's killing him, right? Killing him on Twitter. Like, this guy Why? can't play, get... Because he's a mess. He couldn't grab rebounds. He was there when they went on their run. He was in there and he was kind of. Well, I was going to say, how about, how about, how about the, you know, check out the boxer. I know the boxer doesn't tell the story if you watch but, the game. Amit, how do I not have a K to lower third? But I will play Amit right here. Who led the team in plus minus tonight? And that's a big bench stat. I that's, don't really. That's what I was leading at 15, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I know for a fact, and I've talked to bench guys about this they look at that stat more than they look at anything else. If you're a bench guy, you're looking at the plus minus, not so much if you're a starter because you're in, you're out, you know, you're going toe to toe with the best guys. But when, when you're a bench guy and you get put into that game, the way these guys determine if they're having a positive effect on the game as a bench guy can earn more minutes moving forward is the plus minus stat. Love it or hate it. Kata was a plus 15 tonight, led the team. And I know that he may have benefited from, uh, you know, a run, as you say, but he's a part of that run. And he, whether it's positioning, whether it's uh, being being in the right spot at the right time, John, or making the extra hockey pass that now we, I guess we we do have numbers for or, uh, and stats for that. They're going to look at that game and say Kata was a was a positive influence on that game when they look at the film, and they are going to look at this film tonight because I guarantee you. I shouldn't say I guarantee you, but I would not be surprised at all. And the Celtics have played five games against the Pacers this year. I would not be surprised at all if they play at least four more. I think these are teams are destined to meet in the second round of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. And so Kata might be a guy, despite, and again, despite the fact that they were out rebound like crazy with him in the game, there may be a situation where – if Cornette's not doing what they need him to do, Kata, you're in. I think Kata has earned that, John. Would you say that? That he has earned I thought he had earned Kata, the quick hook off of Cornette. So again, this is where I defend Kata to Bobby. And Louise, I want to get back to this comment because I agree here on this one and I want to address it. I wanted to put it up there. Well, she's gone. gone. She's already gone. So she's not even she's here gone. anymore. Because so. we haven't said Jalen yet, but I agree. Um so I um have a good night. I, I do want to get into that. No, I want to get into that. But the Kata, this is where I, I kind of my arguments with Bobby on it. Like, you know, and again, he can come on here and defend his, himself and the pro cornet and this and that. It's not an either or, but I think, you know, 
being dismissive of people for what they can't do and not recognizing what they do. Uh, when, when Bobby and I were having that kind of little text beef over Cornette and Kata, I threw out a lot of numbers. And those numbers, again, in fewer minutes for Kata versus Cornette, empirical evidence that showed that they're more effective when he's on the court for what it's almost kind oh, of the did wrong your own research. You did your I own did research. some research. I, I nerded up and I did some research, but Do no, your I mean, research. he's, he, they, they play better with him on the court and it is very much the Rob thing. And I'm not comparing the two players. I'm just comparing that you see Rob and he looks all over the place. And, you know, especially in the early days of Rob and you're like this guy, man, I don't, I just don't trust it. But then, you look at the numbers after and they're like, well, it's the best plus minus on the team and the best right. net rating on the team. Kate has the best net rating on the team. He does. The, mm -hmm. He's got the best offensive rating. Sorry, the best offensive rating on the team, which is not what you would necessarily think because a lot of it has to do with the offensive rebounds and the ability to kind of put it back. And again, limited minutes. They've been good with him on the floor, despite the fact that sometimes he looks like he's just kind of clueless or sloppy or a little bit all over the place. So, I think, yeah, yeah. I think and, and Cornette looks a little nicer. He's more elegant, right? And, and that's, that's think, part of the I'm not going to, I'm not <laughs> meaning he's I'm got gonna, good hands. I'm not going to say that Cornette looks elegant. I'm not going to go. He's got good hands. He can finish a little bit. His that. timing's a little better. He's usually in better position. You know, like he's got, he's more, how about refined? What was the word that somebody used for Rob that was just like perfect? Remember that, John? They were like, they defined him. They defined the issues with Rob, I forget what it was, but uh, it'll come to us. But basically he's like borderline clumsy out there a little bit. And that wasn't the word that they used. It was, it was much more articulate than that. Um, that's not me, unfortunately. Um, but I think like you said, Kate is kind of suffering from a similar disease where he can play. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. He can play. He's a big physical force. And He's athletic, but there's a clumsy factor to him, or there's like it's almost like a quarter of a step behind where he needs to be, or like whether it's hands or feet. But something's there. And I think he's earned the right to get the call into the game, which none of these bench guys had for like the first what 20 plus games of the season. We're like, where's Stevens? Where's Kato? Where's Svi? Where's you know, go down the line. I think, and yeah, I understand that, you know, Cornette, it's a little banged up, but I, I think it's closer than it ever, ever has been. And those guys do different things. And Bobby will be the first guy to tell you that, you know, Luke's a better passer and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Like he will say all those things that we, we, we don't need to ask him. He will tell us, but I think Kate has got the more physicality factor. There's a toughness about him that I like. And the stats will show that the team is effective when he's in the game. It isn't to say they're not when Luke isn't in there, but I've seen Luke in the game before. I'm just like, he's a zero right now. He's not contributing any. Zook hat. I mean, Zook. Luke has the the tip, the tip, uh, almost down pat. He's he's done that pretty well out of John. You're muted, so I don't even know what you're saying. But oh, I'm agreeing with everything. Oh, okay, good. Then go ahead and mute yourself yeah. again. Yeah, okay. But yeah. <laughs> But those two offer different, different, they have different values to the team. And so there's room for both of them. Again, in limited capacity. And I've talked about this with you guys, whether it's a group chat or on the on here. 
And John, you've you've made a good point where there's going to be probably a couple situations where the Celtics are going to want to go dip, double big. But generally speaking, I don't think we're talking about either of these guys much once the playoffs come around. Yeah, it's like talking about like arguing over like your eighth favorite Thanksgiving side. You might only have like a bite which of we'll it, do, <laughs> which show. we will do. But it's like it's not the stuffing of the potatoes or the lobster mac or whatever it is you're bringing to the table. You're talking no. about the difference between broccolini and like you know uh, the, the, the bean casserole with the onion turkey onion crisps on it. You know, like they, we're way down the food. You're talking about green bean. I don't sniff green beans, so for me, yeah, that's eighth. Anything, like but that. again, Kes says it here, and I've said this a million times before. Kate, for 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 everything, that's Kate a is a way big to guy it, who plays, who tries to play big, and that's always been our argument with um, with Bobby. Uh, is that like, wants he, to. Do, he tries to do big big boy things? He goes in there, big he boy, tries to block shots. Yeah, and he and he tries to grab some boards. He grabs offensive rebounds. He tries to go off strong. Cornets, like I said, he's fancy, but he, again, he's, his timing is good. His hands are great. He his finishing around the rim has been great. He's really good at you know they've been running. Running pick and rolls and getting him lobs and stuff like that. It's been good. We, but, got, a, um, we got a super he's chat. He's soft and you go and you go right at him. Go ahead, Jimmy. Put I don't it know up. if you I don't know if you I can't put it up. I don't know if you saw it. From it was from Jason Tatum. He said Kata does a split poster dunk. Halliburton does a split two week injury. Kata confirmed better than Halliburton. So I would agree with that. Um, agree. It's they 100%. need to probably play Kata. Can't argue with that as much. Yeah. Halliburton missed like three weeks. Kata got up, won the jump, and then dunked on everybody's head. Yeah. And then just before that, Ethan Graves, thank you for, uh, he had a little um, super chat. He said, is Bobby going to leave us hanging again? That is a great question, Ethan. I wish I could answer that, but we have no freaking clue what Bobby's up to when he's at the TD Garden. I know, I know he's, I know he's in the locker room getting, getting, uh, getting questions in and getting some information. What we need to do is get him on this damn show so that he can divulge all that. Bobby might have been spoken to. Bobby might have been smoking. Might have been smoking last night. I didn't want to say it, but he might have been smoking last night. Yeah. He might have been spoken to. What's Bobby wearing? We don't know. Oh, I thought you said smoking. Yeah, I thought maybe no, he, he was might have been. Smoking. He might have been spoken to. Uh, I would agree here. I feel like uh, Crispin that it's, <laughs> he it's, been smoking too, though. He was, yeah, a little um, bit of that. You saw what he was wearing. Uh, yes, Adam, I am. Uh, to answer your question, uh, you're going to the sphere. The sphere. Yeah. The Wait, sphere. in Vegas. At some point, see who people. Hey, here we oh, are. Yeah, here's yeah, my comment. Uh, here's my Kata lower third. Oh, thank you, Amit. But he didn't give you. The I plus need thing. the plus minus. He didn't, he didn't give you the one thing you wanted. Damn it, Amit. <laughs> like we wanted to talk about four points and one rebound and fourteen. Like that's what we wanted. Damn it, Amit. Yeah. Better have a but fire out tonight. We are. We do have fire. Yeah, it's gonna be. He's been working. He's been polishing that outro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I one. can't imagine Bobby smoking. By the way, I can. Really? I can. Yeah, not because I've seen it, but I can imagine. I feel like he would be like super chill, really like, high. I feel like, like he would. I feel like Bobby would feel the need to be super chill. Yeah. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. 
New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Back to the game and back to some of the comments here. Uh, oh my God, that's a funny one. From <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, totally it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, Davis is, is the game MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah, we, we listen. All right, fine. We'll talk about Tatum and Brown for the what game number? Okay. Oh, this guy had this guy scored. You know what? Nemus probably scored higher than his average. Did 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 did, did Brown? Maybe by a little. Yeah. Again, he did actually. It, guys, when they scored thirty, when they scored thirty and twenty-five, that's what they do every night. It's like getting. It's like breakfast. It's like it's like talking about what they had for breakfast. It's just what they do. Tatum was in it early, ten of twelve to start. Got cold. Got a little too iso e late. Um, I thought the ball stopping hurt them a little bit. And yes, Louise, I do think that a couple things happened. White was bringing the ball up a lot. They were running actions. They were getting Chris Stapps and or Tatum involved in actions. And then Brown is just the odd man out uh, in those late game scenarios. I don't remember seeing him uh, late here. And I agree. He did get iced out a little bit. Let me ask you a question, John. And I'm yep. just going off, it's going off this super chat that we just got from um, Orion Zarina. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but thank you. This team needs to work on its intensity in the third quarter is what this person said. My question to you, John. Here it is. My question to you is this. Are the Celtics too situational? And what I mean by that is, okay, they were up by a good amount in the third quarter. And so, naturally, the opposition came back into the game. I find it hard to believe that if they were down by 15 in the third quarter, and I know it's happened maybe once or twice, but I find it hard to believe that if they were down by that much in the third quarter, that they would continue to sink in the third quarter that way. So I'm not saying the word is lazy, but do they just get too complacent? Do they get too comfortable? Maybe you get used to it. Sometimes like you have nights like, um, God, and, and vice versa. If they're down 15, is that when they say, "Hey, all right, let's turn it up"? Like, are they just victims of the moment? Well, look at it. Look, look at the last three games, okay? Um, and again, I'm, I, we do too many of these. I, I can't even remember two games ago. Two games ago, they got smoked by the Clippers. No, no, no. Uh, three games ago. Sorry, we're, I'm trying to go through the uh, the schedule here. So, yes, you did get smoked by the Clippers. Um, but what I was talking about was, and obviously this is the back-to-back, jumping ahead to the heat, you shoot 55% from three and 60 from the fl- field. Clippers is the whole, you know, Bill comes due complete inverse of that, uh, the way that they shot. And then obviously the third quarter, that 20 nothing run, that was that. 
And then the Pacers was kind of like the heat the way they started. You get used to it, right? The ball starts going. You have a game like you had against Miami. You start to kind of feel it, you know? And mm. I think that happened. I mean, I know we debate like, oh, slow it down, play hard. It's not even that with me. I do think like getting into the back and forth run and gun with a team like the Pacers, where it can hurt you is they do it all the time. You do it some of the time and they can do it. But I also think their tendency is to slow things down from time to time. And when they do, I think that's when things get away from them. Um, but in this instance, they were still doing it in the third quarter, running up and taking the first three available and hoping it would drop. Uh, and it wasn't. And then they were getting killed either in transition or, uh, uh, you know, just defensively. And they just gave up a ton of points. So you just went cold fast there. They were kind of relying on what they were. I think they just got, you know, especially like a guy like Tatum, you get used to your those step backs and those pull ups working. You just kind of keep going to the bag, and then they didn't work as well. And, they know, uh, and, and that was average it. Because it's going to end up being around the average at the end of the day. Yeah, you don't have so – the long, long story short, you don't have nights like Miami often where it mm. stays that way the entire time. That's pretty rare. Spin zone, those nights actually hurt you in the long run. You don't want those nights. Yeah, because then you, 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 you can get into that. So, again, Tatum – wasn't taking it in as much as I liked in the second half. Was reliant on some jumpers. I think he had one, one bucket in the paint, uh, maybe four or five three point attempts, and a couple of long contested twos. That was his shot profile in the second half. He didn't really get to the line, so I didn't love that. I didn't love that. From, from, from no, I, from I, I, I didn't love it, but I did mention earlier in the show that it was just a. I mean, for a guy to be able to still score thirty points and not get to the line, there's on the opposite end. On the opposite side of that that's still impressive to me because that tells me that his <clears throat> shot was falling tonight which there are nights where as we've seen especially recently the three-point shot for Tatum and Brown has not been kind to them um, and that's that's probably been one of the if you have a concern and I'm not saying it's a major concern but I think over reliance on a three-point shot on a night where it's not working is a recipe for uh, disaster uh, when it comes to Tatum and Brown because we've seen it before. These guys, it's funny because sometimes it doesn't happen and sometimes they say, okay, uh, I'm going to attack the rim tonight. But there are also nights where they force the three and if it's not falling, it's an ugly night. And that's when you need, and, and that's the difference between last year and this year. Last year, it's a loss. This year, White comes through, Porzingis comes through, Holiday comes through in some capacity, in some order. I'm not saying all three of them come through at every, every single moment, but that seems to be the difference between this year and last year. And that's why, again, those additions to the team are so important because it still allows Tatum and Brown to have those types of shooting nights, but they've got proven veterans and guys who are playing team basketball that are kind of able to pick up the slack when those situations do arise. And Holiday yeah. had a Holiday, Holiday had a good overall uh, all-around night tonight. I don't know his stats off the top of my head. Um, 17, five and four, and then he had three blocks. So, uh, you know, to me, that's, yeah. a, that's an unbelievable night from your, from one of your guards, you know, to be that, um, aggressive on the defensive end. And that's not a surprise to anybody, but that's, again, that's why they brought him over here. Yeah. So, so I, I, let me ask you this and, and Ben, uh, this is obviously correct, but it's also annoying because why do you need an option? Why do you need to? Why do you need a hierarchy 
I understand late in the game if you're looking for one bucket and you want to. I think why, he's the second. I actually think this is. I don't think this is accurate. I think. But Jay why are you? Why do you question. need to? Why do you need to say? Well, first to Tatum, then to just run an offense. Like that's the point. That's what you have these guys for. That's that's what you're supposed to be able to do. Particularly if you're allowing White to run the offense, just play basketball it's not I don't I I hate the idea of well I'm going to feed Tatum and if it's not Tatum it's going to be Porzingis and then who knows maybe we'll get a kick out I hate when Brown is relegated just to a guy standing in the corner just run the offense move the ball if you got five guys all of whom you're comfortable uh you know who can score comfortably and all of whom can create their own shots why are you limiting yourself I don't really understand that late in games uh, it's the same, it, John. It it goes all the way back to Doc Rivers. Everybody knew, and, and the Celtics had a lot of options. But who was getting the ball in, in crunch time, and and what was the shot going to be? It was going to be Paul Pierce. It was going to be ISO, and you were going to live and die by it. And now it's just a different player, different coach, same idea. It's going to be Jason Tatum. It's going to be ISO. It's going to be live and die by it. I think Tatum. I think Brown gets the nod. Secondly. I think when oh, Tatum's certainly out, when Tatum's out, yeah, that's what I mean. When Tatum's out, I mean it's going to Brown, and it's, I mean they've even said it's it's public knowledge. This isn't like this isn't breaking news. Missoula's even said this. It's like it's we have Tatum and Brown on our team, and then we have a you know a, a guy you know a bunch of guys after that when it comes to uh, down the stretch, you know, final sort of last couple of plays. Everybody knows that's what it's going to be, and it's I, I I agree with you. It's not right. It should be more creative, get some other guys involved. Porzingis is a savage and he can score from literally all over the court. Um, just like those other two guys can, and it doesn't end with him. White can is in the same way, but Porzingis has a height advantage that again, I don't think they utilize as much as they need. I don't think they look to Porzingis nearly as much as they could or should. I think when Porzingis is aggressive, that's when you start to see his numbers creep up in any given game. But a lot of that is self-made. It's almost like to an extent, to a much lesser extent, it's like Rob Williams. Rob did not have the clout or the offensive polished game to take it upon himself to, you know, be aggressive and score and, and be somebody that they could counter offensively. And because of that, nobody, he was completely forgotten. Unless he was getting an alley-oop, a lob from, you know, Tatum or Marcus, it wasn't happening. Porzingis obviously is a much more polished offensive player, but he needs to be aggressive and focus on that. Otherwise, it's not going to happen because I don't feel enough guys on the team. He took 17 shots tonight. He was aggressive, but yeah, they 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 forced they force fed him. Yeah, tonight's again tonight might not be the best example, but it's been the case for the majority of this season. John, go back and look at at field goal attempts for Porzingis and compare it to Tatum and Brown. And, you know, you could probably even toss White in there uh, for certain games. If Porzingis isn't focused on that, it's not going to happen. These guys need to look for him more. He Because he's as good as he's playing this year, he could be even better. Okay. I've been told Bobby Manning is going to grace us with a guest appearance. With This is more of a cameo. I don't believe it. He's not really staying. Um, oh, he's he's blessing us. Yeah. Yeah. He's not really sticking it out, but... Um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna hang for a bit. I believe I have everybody get your I'm questions sorry. in. I believe I have some Joe, um, 
uh, comments. Uh, something, oh boy, something about Buddy Heel talking trash. Back and forth with Gary. I don't know. What happened? Did I miss something? I, don't, I guess I don't, I'll just play I don't, it. I don't, I don't, who's talking? Who's talking trash? I don't. I don't understand this. Who is talking trash? Buddy healed. Yeah, I don't understand this. Yeah, healed was talking trash. He was talking. Buddy healed was talking trash to the bench. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, and uh, it's a Washburn. It's a. I don't know who cares. Washburn, Missoula. That's that's more interesting than uh, than than the uh, than the than Buddy Heald. And he was talking to the bench mm-hmm. and your coaching staff. What's the etiquette on etiquette? Or is there some kind of rules? Is that country about, club. No, I'm just saying. But he's like he's shooting baskets after timeout. The rule is you, we we're supposed to go block it. That's the rule. That's so the it's etiquette. your guy's fault. Yes. We're supposed okay. to block shots when the other team shoots at our basket. That's the rule. Okay, so you got to talk to you guys about that. Yes. Okay. Uh, was, he was form shooting in front of our bench, so I was waiting for him to go take a shot, and I would have blocked it myself, but he didn't shoot it. He was form shooting. So was he shooting at the basket, or was he form shooting? No, he was shooting at the basket. And then we're supposed to block those. <laughs> what, was, what was going on with him and your coaching staff? Because it seemed like there was some – Sam ran out there. Yeah, that's the rule. Yeah. So, yeah. So – like that was what Sam was supposed to do. Yes. Okay. And then there was talk between. Was it good natured or? Yeah, was it was it? great natured. Billy Hill's a great guy. He's okay. a great natured guy. Remember, he's the same guy that admitted to his fault at the end of the other game. Remember that? So he's a really good guy. Um, and he took the three at the end of the uh, also season tournament game. Great guy within the rules. I love that he did that. You do? Yes. It's part of the rules. I mean, it's part of the game. I don't even know what. I don't even I, know what to I, make of that. I, I, I'm going to fax my dog the whole sound bite. <laughs> fax my dog it, dude. Just fax my dog whatever, and move dude. on. Move on <laughs> to the next thing. I'm going to go to this super chat for two reasons. One, I don't know. I'm gone. I'm gone. I was yeah. I was getting de- glazed over. As it I'm just through. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, if I was at the press conference, I should be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. So I, I want to put up this chat for two reasons. One, the frigging nickname, Shaquille Oatmeal, I love. Uh, and then what's it going to take to get the PB&J, Porzingis Brown, Jason nickname trending? I I don't know. It's not bad. I don't see it. But uh, I, I like the creativity. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll give you that. PB&J. PB&J. You know what it is? It's too cute. It's not, <coughs> it's not killer enough. I don't want cute nicknames, guys. <laughs> Joe's a meatball. It's a pretty good what, what, what was? What, what did Brown say? Cookies and cream for him and Porzingis? No. No, he no. didn't say that. Joe did. Brown adopted it. Oh, okay. Well, Joe came up with it. Oh, Joe came up with it? I saw Brown tweet it, so I didn't. I thought maybe he came he up did, with He did. He did. But the answer is no to that, too. That's too, too cutesy. Like, no, no, no. No title has ever been won by a team led by Cookies and Cream or PB and J. Like, let's try to find something a little bit tougher than that. A, okay. a um, Boston uh, Pete party—that's a different story for my guy Pritchard. But yeah, Joe, Joe's pretty cringy. But I, I would like to see a Gary and Joe sitcom. Uh, would be great. Oh, I was like, right off the bat, like right off the bat, Gary says the word etiquette, and Joe has to jump down his throat. It's etiquette is a normal word. You don't have. It's not just used for country clubs. There is proper etiquette. Now, I, I must have missed this back and forth about 
<laughs> see this live with healed in the bench, John? I didn't see this. I missed it. I, I can't even. He was shooting. Not... He was shooting basketball shots. Let's get Bobby him. in here. There he is, Bobby. Can you take us through the the back and forth between Gary and Joe regarding Buddy Heald's uh, shot taking? I guess not only get over it, but tell us why him. we should care. Yeah. In terms of what the exchange or what Buddy did or the coaches, uh, all for any reason at all. Why am I? Why am I still talking about it? I don't think it was much. I saw Buddy in the locker room, you know, catching up with Gary there, and you know, I don't want to jump on Gary's reporting, but did kind of sound like it was just some playful banter. They all kind of made up after the game. Charles Lee, uh, Tony Dobb, and Sam Cassell all went over and just kind of dapped him up. But it were a couple of exchanges during the game uh, following him shooting on the basket uh, after the play. And then there was one uh, inbounds play on the Celtics end where he was going back and forth with the Celtics coaches, again, namely Cassell, Dobbins, uh, and he's gone. Thank you very much, Bobby. That was Bobby. That was our that minute was with Bobby. Everybody who was waiting to see Bobby last night's show. You know tonight. how like when you trade somebody in the middle of a season and you then you, you decide whether to give them a ring and or a playoff share? Like, I don't know if Bob, I don't know what kind of playoff share Bobby's going to get here. Let's try oh. it again. You froze, you froze, so I kicked you out. Yeah, so again, I, I don't think there was a ton to it, at least from the reaction on either side. I didn't catch Joe, but... Um, I'm sure he shrugged it off too. Yeah. Um, well, uh, show the in the press conference shrug it All right. off. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, you're here only for a small, uh, a small fraction of time. Why don't you tell us what what you do find interesting about this game? I I yeah. continue to look at the Pacers as a team that could push the Celtics uh, pretty far into a series in the second round. And as I map out how the East might stack up here, they are going to have an uphill battle to get into round two if they're going up against the Knicks, Sixers, potentially even the Celtics round one. Uh, it does feel like they're probably in the lower half of the East, though I do think they'll land in that 4-5 spot, especially with Siakam now. He's a good fit. I think you saw that tonight. Started a little slow. We talked to him a little bit after the game. Seems like he's still getting up to speed on a lot of different things. Rick Carla talked about that before the game. Their offense just moves so fast, and he's a little bit more of a methodical break-you-down player in the post. But, you know, I went back and watched that Mavericks game. They played before this, and he had some big post plays down the stretch of that game uh, to close it out. Uh, he, you know, they got it to him pretty methodically late in that game. And, they tried tonight, right, too, right? That final comeback push, he's on the offensive glass. He made a big difference in that regard, and that's usually an area where the Celtics dominate. Neesmith found some open cutting lanes behind him uh, and then almost got that three-pointer off uh, to tie the game there. So he was amazing in this one as well. I don't think, John, as much as you loved him, and you know, I, I generally liked him, I don't think in our wildest dreams we saw a 26, 12, and 7 game from Aaron Neesmith. I didn't, again, I don't, it it's not, and again, the, the rebound, I mean, he's just, no, I didn't, but it he wasn't was in like, he was full control tonight, wasn't he? He was, he was awesome. He finished strong. He looked good. He didn't write. All, it's not something you say about Neesmith often that he's in full control. I feel like he gets better but, every time we see him. But that's the, that's the best way to put it is he's the energy and the speed with which he plays the game, which he did here usually resulted on him falling like, horizontal to the floor from like 10 feet up and all of his like arms and legs and knees and back hitting at the same time. And that would happen like four times a game. And now he's far more in control. You're not seeing that kind of bull in a China shop sort of thing, but just to clarify it again, I never thought Neesmith was good, 
I actually didn't think he was earning his minutes. I really only thought there was no downside to playing him more. That was always my only, only thing. Him and Romeo. I just wanted no, to see No, no. Stop. I just wanted to see in a definitive way if given an opportunity they could play. And the answer might have turned out to be no for both. Certainly no for Romeo and possibly maybe for Neesmith. Or you might have. But not seeing what you had in two lottery picks during that lost Tristan Thompson friggin' year, you know, year. That killed me. That that crap team. Why in the world weren't you giving them some minutes? And why were you <laughs> yo-yoing him the next year as well? That drove me crazy. Two different coaches, yeah. Yeah, and you pissed away an asset, you know? And I understand, you know, a first-year coach coming in, he wants to win now, and he doesn't want to, you know, build and grow. And Brad might have felt he was losing control of things in that final year, so maybe it wasn't the best growth environment. Uh, but, yeah, they just jerked him around. That's what bugged me the most. Yeah, that's a, that's it's it. not about. He was bad. He couldn't shoot. He was out of control. The offense was a mess when he was in there. He was a danger was to himself. He would foul all the time. He was terrible. He was it's terrible. not about John. Did you make the wrong move there? Because I don't think anyone looks at it as that. Especially you get Brogdon for that year, and then his salary turns into Holiday. It went extremely well for the Celtics, both of those trades. But you did have an NBA starter level player in terms of talent. But, in the building and couldn't figure out a way to integrate and develop them. Now it, they've it's improved that, since Bobby. then. It, it got you down the road that got you to holiday, but yeah. assuming you can't sign everyone, what's better? Neesmith on a controllable contract. See, I'm not going to go that far or no, or nobody. You know what I mean? It's like, because if you end or up just nobody. being in a position, that's where a reach. No, I'm yeah, I think is, you're reaching on this one. No, I'm not. Because if you end up in a position where you can't pay everybody, you're just going to lose somebody. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. If Holiday leaves because there's not enough money there, yeah, you got a year of Brogdon, year or whatever, but you needed to reload with younger players somewhere along the line. You needed your Maxi, you know, Maxi being elite level, but you needed that guy who was affordable and on a, and a rookie deal and controllable for seven years when you had this much high-priced talent. And again, it, he'd be a nice piece to have. But again... You have you have holiday and you're a championship contender. To be fair, they did pull Pritchard out of that draft it. too. Yeah. So that worked Which out. Which was a in bad pick. Sense. Yeah, it was a bad pick. Yeah, but he's a rotation player every Richard night. Pritchard was the bad pick. I mean, he was fine, but they again they, they draft Bain a few a few picks later and give him away. And I don't think Pritchard you know, was a bad pick. I think it's a I solid mean, pick. Yeah, based on where they took it. I mean, yeah, John, you can you can it's pick fine. and choose the best guy in the draft and be like, oh, that was a bad pick. Let me say this: there are there are multiple ways to be uh, a contender uh, in the NBA and there are different points within that window that you're at. The Celtics are trending towards the veteran side of being a contender. And yeah, you can say that Tatum and Brown are young and all that stuff, but the, the truth is they've got veterans all up and down this starting lineup now with Porzingis holiday, like it or not, Tatum and Brown are veterans. Al Horford's obviously a veteran at your six man. And the Pacers are in a different position. They're a younger team. They've got Halliburton. Um, you know, I, I guess he's like really their youngest, their youngest piece there. Um, they do have some couple of veterans in Siakam somewhere in the middle. But and again, John, it's 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 right time, right place. You can say what you want about Neesmith and the fact that they didn't give him an opportunity. And yeah, I think they should have given him an opportunity too. I but just, are the, are the Celtics? It. No, I, I think know people he get it, bad. but are the Celtics Jeez better Louise. this? Are the Celtics better this year with Holiday or 
They're better. Or, they, or won. they won. Are the they won. Are the Celtics better but... last year? Are the Celtics better last year with Neesmith or um, um, my guy? Fuck, freaking, um, what's his name? Bobby. He couldn't be that important if you forget. My Pacers his name. guy. Um, throw me a life raft. Who? The guy who went out in the trade? TJ McConnell. No, guys. The the the. Tice. No. <laughs> no. Who are you no. talking about? Sixth man of the year. Brogdon. Brogdon. <laughs> Thank you. Haven't we said his name a hundred times? Yeah, I know. I wasn't paying attention. Thank you. <laughs> I but thought you were talking about what I'm yeah. saying. I no, they would have been better on. off with Brogdon. The Celtics were better last year with Brogdon, and they're better this year with Holiday. So, John, yes, I understand your point. But yeah, it would have been nice if they understood who Neesmith was when they had him, but they didn't, and they got rid of him. And, and since then, they've probably been better without him, and he's better without them too. So it's probably a That's win-win. That's a good win. point. And, yeah, it would be nice to have a couple young guys in the holster to come off the bench and do your thing. But the Celtics are a veteran team at this point. Their window is their window. And at some point, John, we're going to be talking about a team that's going to really need to make some decisions on some of these veterans and whether or not they can rebuild through the draft and and have the second coming of this team and keep Tatum and Brown. I, I get it. I, it's that's really it's hard to look. It's hard to look and say it didn't work out. Of course, it worked out. All I'm saying is. The, not drafting and developing two lottery picks and not even giving them a chance is a fail of the organization, but they lucked into it. Our Brad pulled off some wizardry. Yeah. You find the right dance partners. You're able to get what you want to get. You got situations. Twice I think some of it is also teams wanted to move off of stuff, right? Porzingis was gone and they just got a basically a moving money around to get him. Uh, Indiana didn't want Brogdon anymore. So you were able to get him super on the cheap. San Antonio wanted to get off of white. Uh, after they just gave him a contract because they wanted to free up cap space because they knew which direction they were headed, which is into Tankapalooza, and they didn't want to be tied to that stuff, and they wanted to have you know, flexibility down the road. So you you walk into that. So they walked into a lot of great deals without having to give up a ton uh, there. And Neesmith was clearly like a throwaway into that trade. He well, wasn't like question, a right? piece. They need it, just, it just – but you do because you've been dying for some sort of wing depth you know, and somebody who could come in there. No, I'm you saying do. in that trade. Yeah. No, they didn't. They got lucky. They're like, holy yeah. shit, this was pretty good. And now they're happy, you know? So I don't know what, in, yeah, I don't know what Indy saw in Neesmith because I it think worked the, out whole, for everybody. the whole problem was. It was a Neesmith, flyer. When Neesmith, when, exactly. When Neesmith did get his opportunity, and this is partially Neesmith's fault. He didn't get a ton of opportunities, but when he did, I wouldn't say he made them count. He kind yeah, of ran around like a chicken without minutes, his Jimmy. head. They were so sure, and he's even talked about that. How there's they that were sure. pressure they were that if you're gonna miss a shot out there, you're done. And he talked about that with us, John, when he came on the Garden Report. I, it was like, oh, I sometimes out there, like I, I make one mistake and I'm out of there. And you know, he kind of admitted, yeah, that's that's the feeling you have out there sometimes. So yeah, they didn't he do also him said anything. That Jason Tatum didn't know his name. <laughs> Did he say that? No, but I was trying <laughs> I to get him it. to say it. <laughs> I'm like, do those guys like talk to you? Remember the two locker rooms? Because they wouldn't, because they wouldn't pass to him. Remember, we're watching. Yeah, they, like, they're like, wait, they will not give guy? that freaking guy the who's this guy? Is he on our team? Remember the two locker rooms? Huh? You you tell. They had two locker rooms that year. Yeah. No. Oh, the, the COVID year. You had, yeah. You had like the Stay Ready crew in their own little you know yeah. locker room. He was, was he in the Stay Ready crew back then? He must have been. Yeah. He was. He was always ready. He was. 
He was always ready. He would come out there, he'd put a helmet on and run around 100 miles an hour and just take out people and take out himself too. I think that's why they had to get rid of him. He was a he was a menace to society over here. I love how there's one guy in the league, maybe there's more, who goes into this matchup and just wants to destroy them. And Ta- Halliburton, I talked to Halliburton tonight, and he said that's how he feels. Like, he always wants revenge in this matchup. He's always going at the Celtics. You know, he still feels slighted by that trade and the reaction to that trade in particular. And he said that's big for them. You know, that's something that seems to kind of energize them. There were a couple of plays tonight, John, that white turnover in the corner. That bench is just going crazy over there. And you can tell that the Celtics John, are just kind of rolling yeah, their eyes and that. being like, come on, it's January. You know, <laughs> like the massive runs, the comebacks in this game. You know, it's great that the Celtics pulled themselves out of it because the Pacers have treated all these games like a playoff game. And they've gotten a few on the Celtics, too. And it's been an interesting matchup this year, Jimmy, too. I know we've younger kicked brother. Their younger brother, Bobby. Yeah. And I know we've kicked around, like, how big of a threat they'd be, where they rank in terms of the threats in the East for the Celtics here. They, they haven't been in a playoff situation. And that's the big thing. It's going to be much different. The rotations, of course, the intensity, the game planning, all of that. But they're making strides fast. And a guy like Siakam does add some legitimacy to them. A guy who's been to the championship, a guy who's been in tough series. It it doesn't put them on the level of the Celtics, but it makes you think that they could stand with them in a couple of different situations where they might not have been previously. And listen, I, I like Bruce yeah. Brown. I like what he did for them. I, I think he's a phenomenal role player, but he's not a Siakam level presence. And we're just kind of seeing the beginning of what Siakam can bring to that team and again I really like what we're seeing so far John I know they dropped the first couple games with him and he's kind of been a little erratic in terms of the production but he gives them that slowdown factor right because this team they're just flying up and down the court trying to race you up the floor and that was kind of their game previously and now you have a guy that you can throw it to he and, worked Chris Stapps and work. a few times. Yeah, you know, work the defense work. in the half court. And he just so. backs people in, and he's just right. He's and he's there. He's right yeah. at the rim. You know, it's pretty. I I think once they figure it out, I, I think he's a perfect fit for for for, for them. Really, really good is. trade. Yeah. Well, think about it like this too. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Halliburton hasn't even played with him until tonight. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is this is the beginning of what they're looking. <laughs> They'll figure for. it out. Yeah, he only I mean, played twenty-two minutes. He's on a pitch count tonight, so. Yeah, and this this is the very beginning of it. So they're gonna they have. I mean, we're not even at the All Star break yet, Bobby. They have they have all the time in the world to get on the same page. And the other thing about Siakam is not only does he have, you know, been there, done that a little bit, but he's been in battles with the Celtics. So if yeah. they're trying to find a guy that knows how to play against this Boston team. There probably wasn't a better option out there for in terms of guys who were available when you compare when you consider the amount of games. Oh yeah, how Ben did come back for a game, right? Okay, he did. Okay. When you when you can compare the amount of games that um Siakam has played against the Celtics, that's a guy that just has more um more history, more um you know, he he's 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 been around it for enough time. So they'll be fine. They're gonna be a tough out. But yeah, to your point, Bobby. They're an upstart, you know. This is kind of like a great story type organization, and they might just be a little bit too happy to be there. Um, and that, I said, I talked to Rick before the game, and he said that's the biggest thing they're trying to avoid. Because I asked, you know, how does it feel to be ahead of schedule, you know, with this group? Like, you come into the year expecting that this this game tonight was supposed to be Halliburton's first career 
game on national TV. This was the game he circled going into the year. Then, of course, they go to the in-season tournament and just destroy the Celtics on TNT in that game earlier this year. This was so, their first? No, this was supposed to be Halliburton's first That's what I mean. Game. Are you kidding? But right. they ended up playing it in the in-season tournament earlier this year. How is that possible that you don't just – He was playing for the Kings. Oh, yeah, I guess. And but then the Pacers team. In, you don't back into a 10 o'clock one? I, but, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they weren't, no, they no weren't, one wanted to see the Kings, John. No one wanted to see them two years ago. Yeah. Bobby – um, just about this, but I'm saying this year, I'm surprised, but anyway, on this game tonight, anything stood out to you, um, uh, that we haven't touched upon yet? Any player, um, specifically that you thought impressed on the Celtics? Um, we, we had talked, we had did, we did spend a little bit of time on Kata to start just, um, you know, the points and the rebounds don't really, don't really tell the story, but he did leave the team in plus minus tonight. He was obviously out there at a point where the Celtics went on a little bit of a run. Um, is he a guy that is sliding into at least a, a, a reserve of a reserve role where they can kind of go to? Because at the beginning of the year, we were saying like there's six guys and then there's or there's seven guys and there's nobody. It didn't seem like um, Joe really trusted anybody, but it, now it seems like he's a little bit more inclined to go to Kata when Luke isn't in there or whoever, uh, depending on the situation. Yeah, the fact that you can put him in there when two bigs are down and have him play reliable backup big minutes is extremely impressive. And overdue, I think, you know, they haven't utilized that two-way spot in recent years to get a rotation player. And I'm not talking like that's easy to do, but different teams have done it. And it's the best value signing in the NBA to get this kind of production out of a guy who's supposed to be in Maine, you know, for the brunt of this year he's been in boston this whole way so mm -hmm. i there's no rush to add him to the active roster you know they're going to keep assessing his health over the coming months and his consistency and you know his ability to actually impact the team in his minutes but he keeps doing it every night in and night out and joe actually mentioned him before the game alongside o'Shea as the uh, guys deeper on the bench who are starting to gain trust the fact that you can throw them into these games and uh, get positive results out of his minutes. I think you look at three things with him. The uncanny offensive rebounding just continues to show. The screening. There was another play tonight where he just completely freed Tatum for a spot-up three. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, of course, <laughs> he really does finish physically in the lane on that jump ball. Uh, of course, one of the highlight energy plays of the night. Uh, him just tearing through everybody there. He's fun. And... There's some sloppy moments. Again, we've compared it to Rob, and I know he's not a Rob-level prospect. It's very much Rob, Rob yep. year one yeah. vibes, you know? <laughs> but there's some stuff you see when he when he comes through there. So I think you hold on to him. When the time comes, you sign him. They have till the end of the year to do it to make him playoff eligible. So, again, there's no rush here. I haven't kept right, track you can of convert, You can convert that late, and you're saving money, right? Because you don't, go, you don't get penalized. That's the other thing. You don't get taxed for the uh, days. He's you, yeah. you might for the – he's active on the roster but at a much lower rate obviously so they're going to wait till the end of the year on that obviously feels like he's a shoe-in to make the roster at that point and we'll see maybe they trade a couple guys for one at the deadline and then he steps right into that spot but man i love the signing at first because this is a guy i've watched in summer league a couple years now who really looked good uh, out there in vegas and the kings like them i'm still stunned they cut him for javel mcgee uh, and he's given them <laughs> He's I love JaVale McGee, man. I wish JaVale McGee ended it like a stint. I feel like JaVale McGee in a previous life would have done like a quick stint on the Celtics, like in the 08 years. <laughs> Bobby, let me ask you this. Trade deadline's coming up. Celtics 
it seems like Joe, again, not just with Kata, but with, we'll say, Brissette, we'll say, obviously, Hauser, Pritchard gets burned, Horford when he's in the game. It seems like they've got nine, ten guys now that, that Joe's pretty confident in going to. Are they just are they just letting the trade deadline pass them by at this point? I mean, do they have enough where they feel like there's not going to be uh, a reason to give up assets or 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 really shake up this bench based on the where where this team is at right now? Could we just see a very quiet trade deadline and, and a very quiet you know buyout uh, you know time as well where they're just like you know this is our roster for better or worse. It depends on the opportunity because I do think if you find a guy that can play, we've talked about the bottom, bottom end of that bench where it's just Lamar Stevens, Shima Luke, guys who you know. But do those guys matter? Play. Do those guys I'm just matter? saying if you could consolidate a couple of those guys into one guy who could give you something that you don't have now, that four role, I think in particular on this roster. Brissett's filled it well. The shooting, though. Can he be out there in a playoff situation against a playoff defense with the shooting? Right, right. It's 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 difficult to forecast that. And that's the trouble I've had, Brissett. No, we're talking Kata? Brissett, Brissett. Sorry, because Brissett, to me, it, that's going to kill you there. It's yeah. like... It, and, man, I, he was so good at the end of that They're going to be terrified. They're going to be terrified to, to put him in. But but theoretically, they wouldn't need to unless they, they wouldn't had... need to. And that's kind they of the mindset. Foul, foul trouble only, I would say. A foul yeah. trouble or injury, but if yeah, J, if the if 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 a J picks up two or you know three fouls early and you need some minutes, that's probably where you'll see it, but not regularly. Yeah. Also, you it, know what though? If you ever want to play small ball too, I think that you can do that a little bit more. If you want to go Tatum in a small ball lineup at the five during those bench rotations and not have to do a Cornet or a Kata, I don't mind seeing that as well. I'd actually, with that a little. I'd like to see them roll into that a little more. I actually get a little annoyed that we've we see more and it's not a knock on either Cornet or Kata, but I'd like to see us play some, you know, I'd like to see that. I've seen it a couple times. A couple times it's looked really good. A couple times it's been a you know a mixed bag. Yeah, we got to start playing smaller, John. Um, Why? You know, I, you slipped in a we there. <laughs> I did say we. Um, um, yeah, I, I I think there's some interesting guys around the league who I would like to see them add, just because there's some steadier names out there if they're available who you feel good about putting in. Not when they're fully healthy, as Jimmy said, I think they're thinking if they're fully healthy, they're going to be playing seven guys and you're not even thinking about Brissett, Cornette. Uh, it's going to be that tight, tight rotation you'd expect to see, but you still need one guy to come through. Mm -hmm. and, and I think Pritchard's starting to show more and more. He might be capable of doing that. Hauser had a really good last pair of games here after going into a little bit of a slump. And, and those two guys have been pretty consistent throughout the year. Uh, so it's tough to tell because, you go and look at this bench and you're like, a lot of these guys haven't played playoff minutes. You don't know how to forecast that. Can they step in if someone else gets hurt and play that role reliably? Those are all the questions you're asking right now. But when you look up every night and that bench is giving you what it's giving you every, pretty much every night, you, you, I don't think we've complained about the bench since like November. I think it's tough to go out there and really – make right. a aggressive move for a bench guy. Like we've kicked around a first for Conchar feels a little over aggressive for who he is and what he'd provide. Does like a second or two really move teams off a guy that they like. Certainly, you know, I know Najee Marshall has been kicked around. 
I don't know what makes the Pelicans move off a guy like that who's in their rotation. Fontecchio, I think, is just a little redundant with Hauser. So some of these names we keep kicking around. I just don't think move the needle much. So I know it's a different game come playoff time. But when push comes to shove, you talked about it right before in this previous segment, John. They're going to need some of these picks to start replacing the bottom end of the roster and have some cost control guys into the future. So even though I am always team throw the picks away and go all in now, the circumstances are starting to change a little bit there. And I do think that Mascala deal is minimal as the everybody ass- drink as minimal as the assets were going out in that trade. They didn't get anything for it. And so is there a hesitancy to do something like that this year when that guy you get might never play and never do anything for you? You know, there might have been a little bit of a lesson learned there in terms of what they did last year. And I think Brad said when we talked to him a month or two ago, it's going to be tough to make a move here. And as you've said, John, a lot of their moves were made over the summer. They were going to look at it and assess and if things changed in terms of health or maybe they went on a big skid they might look into doing something a little bit more aggressive but right now we're what a week and two days out nine days out i would bet on FanDuel, no moves if you could huh maybe they'll put that prop up there as, as we near closer to it okay I, i'm with you bobby i'm betting no moves as well you, so you believe in the bench it's not that I believe in them. I just think they're good enough to get you to where you need to go. And then you Sadiq might Bay is a good name. not need to rely on them uh, that much. I think there are some teams that need to rely on a bench a lot more than the Celtics do. Um, so with that being said, I don't think they need to um, be as, as active or I'm not going to say panic, but I don't think they need to feel obligated as much to shore up the bench when I think you've got your sixth, seventh, and eighth guys, and even nine if you want to toss in Brissett, and then ten if you want to toss in Kata. So it's like, who are you going to get? And again, I'm not saying that Brissett and Kata are, you know, mainstays in the on the roster, but I just don't know what you're willing to give up that's going to be better than what those guys can already give you. They've been with the team. They're starting to get acclimated. They're starting to get more comfortable. They give you what you need. You're not asking them to do too much. You have scores. You just need those guys to come in be aggressive, play defense, grab rebounds, which they could have used tonight. Um, you know, if Brissett's a guy that's been able to do that, um, is, you know, be active on the glass and just give you energy out there and, and spot minutes. I think we all agree that if these, if this Celtics team, and again, knock on wood, if they end up losing uh, an important player on their team, they're not going to be able to replace that uh, with anything close. They're very top heavy. The bench isn't capable of filling in those positions and there's nobody available that they're, they're going to be able to grab, whether it's before the deadline or in a, in a buyout or anything close. So they just need to focus on staying healthy, which I know that's not really something you can focus on, but cross your fingers, I guess, play good basketball and go into the playoffs on a high note, um, playing good team ball. And I think it's theirs to lose regardless of what they do at the trade deadline. I like this name here, but this is the challenge again, John. That's Rookie. Joe Swain's guy. Yeah. And from that 2020 draft, we were just kicking around with Neesmith. He's not playing well this Joe year. Can't, Joe Sway can't stop, right, with him? He's 41 <laughs> from the field this year, 30 from three. That Hawks team's going down the toilet fast. And obviously, they're kicking around trading uh, Murray right now, which I think would be deciding to sell here. 
He's in the last year of his rookie deal, so you'd have to pay him this summer. Can you pay another guy at this point? It doesn't feel like it. No. Maybe he doesn't earn much. That would probably be the scenario where you're looking at and say, like, okay, mate, we only have to pay this guy $6 million a year. But, you know, that cap keeps going up to the point where I think someone explained it to me the other day. Soon enough, the average player salary in this league is going to be, like, $19 million. Uh, so I think your days of getting guys for like six million, even a guy at the like the low low end of your rotation, uh, is probably over now. Um, base base way better to me. He has at least his potential is way higher than just a guy that you're gonna just be able to get. He's a big now. wing, six seven, two hundred fifteen, yeah. and he's still young. Like, we, like you know what I mean? Like it's 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 Neesmith vibes. You know, I just don't like, think I don't think you rent a guy like that. And I don't think they can pay him. So it's an interesting name. I think he fits what they need. It's better than Brissett. But again, you're just you're working on that shoestring budget now, John, at that end of the rotation, aren't you? And the reason people like Contra, I know he's not a popular name, but he's locked in at six for a couple of years. And he's used to not playing on certain nights. And then when he Which needs to get Which is important. People forget that role. all the time. That matters. Like yeah. you have to have somebody who's okay. A lot of times you see these names and there's people who are in contract years who are playing 20, 25 minutes a night and want to come in. Who was, uh, you know, who's the big, who went to Toronto? I'm drawing a blank here that you really wanted. Um, uh, Pirtle. Yeah. Pirtle. But Pirtle would have come here to play 15 minutes as a backup, you know, and it, it like that doesn't yeah. work. You can't bring in a guy who you want to be your, you know, and granted there's a more depth last year. This year you will promise minutes. Somebody comes in at a decent, you know, who's a decent name. They're coming in probably as your number seven or eight guy. So they will play 10, 15, 18 minutes. But you can't bring in somebody who wants to play 20, 25 minutes and wants the world to know that he's great just to be like a 10-minute-a-game, stay-ready crew, you know, <laughs> guy or possibly fall out of – that doesn't work. You know, like people aren't going to necessarily want that. I think that's what – you know, that could hurt them in, you know, in some buyout stuff. But you got to have a guy who's willing to – do whatever and be happy to be along for the ride. Usually that means veteran as opposed to, you know, you know, there's some people that just don't fit that mold. So you do have to be careful about who that is. Bobby, we had a super chat a few minutes ago. Um, our Arian Zarina, again, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying the name right. Anyways, he said, what do you think of David Roddy? Oh, not crazy about him. No. Well, Very I didn't young. ask the question. I'm just reading it. The thing about David Roddy, who, you know, comes in at 22, <coughs> decent numbers, not a great shooter. You need to develop. It's back to Neesmith, right? You can't just throw him on the bench. And then when you need him, be like, go out there and play good. <laughs> right. You can't do that with a young guy. So you need someone like a Conchar. And I'm just going to keep going back to that name if you can get him for a couple of seconds. Because obviously you stacked up on seconds in this last draft moving back. He plays 18 minutes a night. He's made eight starts for them, so he can step in when necessary. Obviously, they're absolutely devastated by injuries, so take that with a grain of salt. The numbers aren't great from three, but he's 36 for his career on one or two a game. Doesn't score a ton, but really good in defensive metrics last year. He's a pretty versatile defender. He's 27, so he's older. And again, the most important thing, if you just need to put him on the bench and not play him because you're fully healthy, he's fine with that. And his contract, again important for this team six million this year uh he comes in at i think six million next year it's a pretty level contract he, yeah just just three get years, for Kelly Olenek. Let's, 
let's stop messing around. Just get ready for Kelly O. <laughs> Prepare yourself for it. Uh, That's what it's going to be. That'd be so fresh. Do you like that I'm one? I, I, I actually do. The Jazz are hanging in there a little. And I know he's on this is a funny name. But. <laughs> We're not How sure. many years are we going to talk about him and Yam? Oh, God. What's up with Yam? They can't, they can't the same play. Thing that's up they with can't play basketball. Right. They're just in another country playing basketball. This happens all not, the time. And, Do you have an example from years well. ago, John? I don't know. There's tons of them, but I mean, you always yeah, want taco. these guys. Let's get Taco back. Where's he? What's he doing? They can no, you get ice. these guys and you stash them, and then you hear these rumors. I remember the one. It might have <laughs> been. It might have been. It might have been the first year Yabu was there, and I remember there was like a couple of. Um, Stocks, man. I, I think I can't remember who it was. It might have been Mannix. We were in. We were in the NBC newsroom. I forget who it was, but it was somebody plugged in, and like. I remember that year they were talking about like a redraft or like the top five prospects and somebody had put out a list and like the Celtics had two of them and one of them was Yabu and the other was uh, who was the other guy they ended up dishing who was a big Zizic and they were both in the top five of like potential guys and uh, yeah and I was talking about um, Yabu and this and that and the person I was talking to uh, and, and I was like, wow, they're, they're talking him up big. Could this be good? And, and he looks at me, he goes, oh, Yabu can't play. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh, he's he's terrible. He's terrible. He can't play. He's never going to. And I was like, oh, I was like, why is everyone saying it? He's like, I honestly don't know. He's like, he, <laughs> he's like, he's like funny he, to look at. Yeah, he's like, he can't play at all. Like, no chance, no chance. But like, there was buzz, the French Draymond Green, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> that was so sad. And it's funny because when then Dan- he did like. He would, would he had like some sort of little move. He did he, the uh, arrow. Yeah, the, he did the arrow, and everyone died about it, and that was it. <laughs> that was not, now he's in Madrid. Yeah, and that was it, and that was it. Yeah, but, yeah. So, yeah, no. When uh, you stash right. guys, they're almost never coming over. It's like the TPE, which we talk about all year, in almost all scenarios, just disappears and becomes nothing. Uh, I remember Semi Erdan from from Turkey, uh, second round pick. Semi, yeah, of course. Yeah. He was he had, he had some promise. He had some promise. Yeah, celebration it never is works. Elite skill. Who's the who's the big celebration guy? A couple of years ago, they brought in twenty twenty one. I think. I don't can't know. remember his name. Not I think he might have went to Butler. All he did was oh, really? celebrate. Whole hmm. time he was here, the chat's gonna get it. Really? We'll wait for the chat. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Wasn't Fournier. Probably my worst take on the show, still Fournier. <laughs> I haven't even heard it. I haven't seen or heard Malik of- Fitz. That was it. Oh, Fitzy. There you go. Jake Eisenberg. Podcast oh extraordinaire from I knew he'd get it. In his own right. Um, um what's up with Fournier, dude? Is he even playing in the league anymore? The Knicks put him on the bench last year and he hasn't played since. So he's just it's, been on the Knicks bench. You know for- what though? Tibbs finally got the team he wants, right? They're a tough one. I wish the Celtics played uh, t- Tibbs finally got a team he wants, you know, that, that plays defense. You know, like we were shocked when he was like, he's just basically announced a couple years, whenever that was. That Kemba's, he's like, Kemba's just not going to play for us anymore. We were like, what? You're like, yeah, he's just, I'm just not going to play him. We're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. Randall just got a tough and, injury, and, though. You guys see that? It happened to Fournier last year. He's like, yeah, he just. Randall just had a bad shoulder injury. Oh, I, I saw guess that. he avoided a dodge the bullet on, yeah. but 
still not great. That could open the door for Porzingis to go to the All Star game, by the way, if he was going to be there, Randall. Uh, so. uh-huh. Okay. I would take Porzingis over Randall, anyways. Yeah, I don't know how the numbers stack up. He was pretty good. To, did you guys kick around his game at all? Fournier has played in three games this year. That is crazy. I didn't realize it was that bad. I was like half joking. Oh, like, yeah, oh, he's, he's done. Three games this year. What's I don't, he know, making how, I don't again? know if there's an injury he's, as well. He has another year left, right? He's in the last year of his deal, this oh, one, because they put year. the team option at the end. And I think this year he is making – and they keep floating around his deal as potential trade filler, obviously. As expiring money. He's making 18.9 this year. Oh my god. Imagine if he was on this team, we would be he'd be dead somewhere, probably. Yeah, you'd be giving up another first, right? To move off that. Oh man, that would be so painful. I remember he came in, he had a couple seven for eleven games, and I was just thrilled. And I'll give myself some leeway, John, as you would. At that time, they had absolutely no shooting at all. Tatum and Brown would just drive, kick out to I don't know if Semi Ojale was on that team or who. And it would just be miss, yeah. miss, 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 miss. It was probably Romeo and Neesmith, frankly. So they go out starving for shooting and get Fournier. And fortunately, go, they didn't resign yeah. him. Before we go, uh, before the game, Joe, Joe was in kind of Joe form again, answering questions, came in, was quick on the injury updates. And then somebody asked him to elaborate, um, you know, on the medical you know, the medicals of Chris Dapps. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know the medicals. He's like, I'm just a bird brain. Right. And that's a direct response to Kendrick Perkins, who said, if you put a bird in Joe Missoula's brain, if you put a brain, Joe Missoula's yeah. brain in a bird, the bird would start flying backwards. So I didn't even pick up on that at first. So, I that's, guess I'm a bird so, brain too. so that's on Joe's mind. Uh, after the game, uh, Chris Dapps Porzingis came Coming, I don't know if he came to Joe's defense specifically on this, but here he is gushing about just how smart a man and a good basketball mind Joe Mazzulla is. I think uh, Joe is very smart. Um, he is um, um, he is very also like like mindset like driven. He he knows how important the mindset and the mentality is. And that's just who he is. Also, you know, he does jujitsu, he plays chess. He's, you know, he's always uh, trying to evolve. Also, as as a coach, as a person, and um, and he translates or transmits that to us. And um, and yeah, I, he's a young coach, but uh, I think he's very smart. Definitely challenges guys, and and that's a great thing. You know, that's a great thing. Um, I think also. You have to give credit to like JT, JB. He can challenge those guys, and if he can challenge those guys, then he can challenge everybody else also. And and so you have to give credit to JB and JT for you know to be open to that. Um, and that's I think that's a big part of what makes us a great team. And uh, and and we need we need that in in the long run and in the most important moments when you know the playoffs and and some high um, high tension situations will come. Hey, that's that's some good support from from your player right there. I think there's some truth to what. Listen, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Missoula, but it does seem that he does focus on sort of like mental strength, and I can I totally believe that he does the jujitsu and he does uh, all that stuff to sort of clear his mind, and he, he tries to question the answers and that whole type of thing. Perkins, I listen. 
we love Perk. You know, Perk's an NBA champion with the Celtics, and he's he's even spent some time with Perk's us. Perk's a CLNS media you know, alum. alum. Yep. Cornette yep. fan, yep. too, if you remember. I think I, I think Perkins probably shouldn't shouldn't throw stones uh, from a glass house if he wants to talk about, uh, you know. It was a little strong, especially – it the was unnecessary. You could criticize him without having to come in like that, you know? Yeah. Especially since yeah, – And I'm not, like, place. soft or anything. Like, it's fine. You want to make fun of a guy, go ahead and make fun of him. But I just feel like, you know, re, you know, read the room a little bit. Little little social awareness might be good for you, Park. Well, here's the thing, too. He's doing a good job this year, which I know we can forecast what the playoffs potentially look like. And we've had that debate numerous times, but if we're just going off, he is doing a good job this year. It, it's, it's always the coach, right? It was Ime and it was Brad and now it's Joe. That's just always how it's going to go. But this year more than ever, especially the way that they're coaching the team, it's on the players, especially with the group of players that they have. I mean, who really needs to be coached up on this team in, in terms of, younger players like he's coaching the hell out of the bench obviously getting him to play some of the uh effectiveness um but some of the effectiveness that we've seen from them and you know what i really like about him too john we're learning a lot and i know it can sound like lecturing sometimes but as you've talked about we don't know anything about basketball as much as we think we do and so for him as a coach who can sometimes be ultra paranoid to open up and kind of you know let you in on it uh sometimes in terms of you know, talking about how defense connects to offense and some of these things, you it's know, you might really it, it's the way he does it. And listen, I've been frustrated the last couple of days too, uh, especially after last game, but I do appreciate it because last year he wouldn't say anything and that frustrated me much more. So he's allowed to defend himself. He's allowed to, you know, carry himself the way he wants to there. This isn't Belichick, John, uh, even if he does have shades of it at times. So, you know, it comes down to the philosophy. Do you believe in the philosophy? And I said this after the playoffs last year. I would have leaned going toward a more experienced coach for this team. You know, one that maybe pulls them with a little bit of a, you know, more forceful rope in terms of controlling the game on the floor, especially in the biggest moments. And I feel like that's still where you feel most nervous with him. But I also said, if this team really believes in the philosophy roll with it another year because all the excuses were valid. And I think well, given the support they've given them, given the roster that they've given them, a team that's obviously more bought in, I think Porzingis's comments reflect that and Drew Holiday's after the game as well. No doubt. It's it's not he that. It's, it, it's You can get them ready for battle heading into it. I think what everyone is concerned about, if anything, is when things get weird, when you're really in it, when the other team's adjusting – are you just going to win by the philosophy and all of the stuff you've instilled beforehand? You've taught them how you want them to play, what they should do in each situation. And then so much of it goes to trust. And I do believe always it's players first, players first, players first. If they do what they're supposed to do, there's a better chance of success. It's not always going to work out, but it's better. But if they're crap in their pants or they're not realizing what's going on, or if you need somebody to jump in there and say, stop doing this, start doing this, or I don't like what we're doing. We have to change it up or give the frigging ball to Jalen or stop jacking shots. Is he going to do it? Or does he just let them work through stuff? Jimmy, what's the joke? You're not sure whether you should say right now. I'm not going to say it. 
No. <laughs> it's gone. It's 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 in my mind. It's not in my mind. He's rattling around. <laughs> not gonna yeah, I couldn't it. help myself last night. And I, we got we got tweeted. I at. know. So that's all it is. That's all. That's that's where you that's where you can concern with Joe. I think he's done everything right in terms of like this is what I want us to do, and here's our game plan. I want you to go do it, and for the most part, they've executed. Playoffs are a different animal. I think with everything, the wild card is when it gets hot. Tatum, Brown, Missoula. How are they going to do? You know, when everybody's right. coming at you, when when they're letting the physicality go a little bit, you know, more and Tatum's really not getting those calls and things aren't working the way that you want. And the defense really amps up um, and, and and the threes aren't falling like, uh oh, what do we do? Just keep shooting. Just keep learning. I love you. I love you. Like, I don't know that that works. You kind of want a guy who's going to be like, stop, do this instead. You know, and it's can Joe be that guy? Or I see what they're doing. We're not going to do this. It, that's a big one, it, right? We haven't. You seen, won't. You won't know it until you see it. You know, and that's all. We haven't seen a ton of that. I think game six and seven against Philly, good examples of him adjusting and making some changes and turning a series around. But there wasn't a ton of it last postseason that he had to do. Uh, and yeah. obviously, Philly put them in a tough position to begin with in terms of how that series went from the start. So. There's still questions, certainly. Uh, but who would do better with this roster if they need a guy to just constantly be on top of them? Like, how long would that Eme approach have lasted? I think sometimes you got to ask that as big of a fan as I am of Eme. Um, other Tommy coaches Heinsen around the league here, yeah. have certainly struggled too. And these, yeah. like, feels like Darvin Ham's really losing control with that Lakers team after doing a good job last year. And obviously, things went the way they did in Milwaukee. So, this is the case with every team. You know, you sometimes got to look around the league for comparisons. And, you know, he's up there in terms of the job he's doing with any coach this year. I know Nick Nurse got tossed around. He's done a great job this year. Uh, you know, some other examples, yeah. I'm sure. But but uh, in, in terms of the film and the preparation and the philosophy mm -hmm. and how much he puts into it and how much he understands the game and how much, you know, he factors into – the, the the type of basketball that he wants him to play and how much he keeps hammering that home. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a, he's a grinder. You know, he's a guy who's in there and you know, and he has a he lot just, of help this year. I know he, we keep he saying devours this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Lee, so I, I do think the front Cassell. end prep is fine. It's how you do it in the playoffs, but um, Jeff Van Gundy's here every week, you know, like yeah, they have a lot of help 25, So we are going to wrap. I want to say um, one. I want to say, go ahead. Three quick things, really two for Bobby. Bobby quickly, or John quickly, you might care about this more than Bobby. I don't know. Rondo Bobby arrested last night. Rondo arrested last night. We should note it on the show. Uh, Rondo's one of my favorite players in the Celtics. I know He's John on the team in camp. John really, didn't really like Rondo that much, but I did. Um, arrested for he was an ass, but I like him. I think I marijuana like him. and gun possession. I don't even even yeah. really know what that's all about in Indiana. So uh, I don't know. Just just a note. We should probably note that. Speaking of Perkins, him and Perkins were kind of buddies tandem back in the day. And then Bobby, another Celtics tweet that we got tonight. J.D. Davison suspended by the main red gloss violation of team rules, which is interesting. Not really sure what that's all about, but he was just named to like the G League, like kind of like the G League All-Star team, I think, yesterday. And then today he gets suspended by the team. So uh, yeah. something to keep an eye on, I guess. Don't think it's going to be anything long-term. Um, 
I think we'll see him at all next week. Of team rules, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Joe talked a little bit about him, by the way, in terms of him making that G League uh, next up game or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, It's pretty adamant in terms of like, you know, don't don't feel like that's a big accomplishment. That's not going to affect your status with the Celtics. Like, you got to keep proving yourself (laughs) to us. Uh, You know, and it's great that he gets to go do that, but they're they're pushing him and i think he's had a good year up there who knows if he could be part of this thing going forward doesn't seem like there's great momentum behind it but um he's come a long way since they drafted him and again I mean, good he's athletic prospect for a second rounder he's athletic um but i again, love walsh got... by the way really oh yeah i love lamp you watch the Walsh tape. You and Jimmy can dive into some of the Walsh tape, you know, in a couple of off days. Here. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's been awesome do. up there. That's what I'll do. Okay, <laughs> let's go watch the. No, I, 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 we'll I agree. Amit, well, you I'm know just... what we'll do? We'll have Ahmed cut some highlights. <laughs> it's just so far, you know, it's just such a lower level. But anyway, thank you guys for hanging out. Good. Group, I have one last thing to say. Crowd. On our uh, way yeah. Really quick, really quick. This is a Red Sox thought. I want John Henry. Out of my life. I want him out of my life. Sell the team. Justin Turner signs a one year. I was just gonna say that, Jimmy. Okay, good. So we're why does that there, Bobby? Why does that hurt as much as like that's where we are? Like we've been so hurt already, and now it's like Justin just, Turner walks out the door for why he didn't walk out, he got this long. Off. It has every gone. one of you should have left after Mookie. I'm but, like, where gone. do you go, John? Nowhere. You give up on this until he sells the team. Stop going. But John, he, and stop this is, caring. John, John, but this is exactly I, I just, why we can't stop caring because he gets away with shit like this when there isn't anybody who's there to call him out on it and force them to do something. This is exactly what happened with the Patriots. Nobody cared okay. enough. Let 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 the let the Aussies fucking talk real basketball. We gotta go. Okay, first of the floor. I'm not Go done watch with this. those guys. Tonight I'm done. Tonight I'm done. But this Red Sox Jimmy John issue, podcast. Next this Red episode. Sox issue is getting worse and worse. John Henry does not give a shit about the Red Sox. He has too many other business ventures now, and it. Needs I'm going to tangway end. all of you with it with an outro here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tangway you. See you guys. Okay? But Bye, you're right, Jimmy. You're right to feel this way. I'm glad you said it. Thank you. Bye all. Wait, I'm has got an outro for us. I think. No, he doesn't. He said he was going to work on an outro. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. <laughs> Forfeit's out. I, don't, I think it's an option. <laughs> that did not sound like a chair. It was a freaking chair. It does sound like a chair.